listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stabbacks, and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow all of us on social media at JP underscore Mirabueno, at Summit Commish, at Summit SOM Pod, at Apollo NBA, and at Apollo HOU. GM, I want to open up this episode in a little different light, and a little different of manners. Typically, we open up our episodes talking about, you know, a little bit about the Rockets. Actually, we open up our episodes as we open up every episode, and it's to check in on each other. So, first of all, before I even, you know, I already, I pushed the finish too quickly. I was ready to press on the gas. I think I, uh, I think I got blown up like Ultimate Warrior in WrestleMania 6, but how you doing tonight? Nobody wants to be blown up like Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania 6, man. My man got blown up on the walk slash run to the rings. Like, let's end it now, brother. Kenny, we're only brother? a minute into the podcast, brother, and you're got, already out of breath. He's like, you're like, brother, we're two, <gasps> minutes, in, we're two <gasps> minutes into the to the match. We're not going home. Anyways. I know, man. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I was having a conversation within a conversation. Yeah, a conversation of the conversation. Everything's good, man. Today's Tuesday. Uh, the Rockets play again tomorrow, but we got some good news that we can talk about that just occurred this afternoon. I mean, outside of Rockets talk. Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to take this opportunity to kind of step outside the box of the summit. You know, I want to talk about life outside the summit for just a minute. There's been a lot of stuff happening outside of the Houston Rockets that we did want to shine a spotlight on. Uh, first and foremost, the GM already kind of alluded to it. So, there were two main topics that I wanted to discuss. That was the first one. So, GM, why don't you go ahead and break it down. Announce it for the world at large to our fans in the Philippines. I probably have no clue what's going on. Um, In the American football world, yes, I had to make sure to reference it. If we're going to go worldwide, American football, your Houston Texans have just hired Houston Texans legend D'Amico Ryan's Welcome and the crowd's back. gone wild. Welcome not back, mild, welcome but back, Miko. There you go. There you go. I mean, you love to see Woo! it. Um, it's one of these type of hires that the Rockets can only hope to make. Bulls when, on parade. When, when you know, when if there's ever anything like that, where the Rockets may have an opening for a coach at some point soon, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But you know, we can only hope for that type of excitement. I honestly believe this is a home run hire for them. You know, and the Houston Texans didn't get too smart. They decided, you know what, let's get the easy hire, someone that is a legend, someone who's worked their way from the bottom in terms of coaching all the way up, coached pretty much one of the absolute best defenses in the NFL this year, and now he's coming home to be the leader of men, lead the Bulls on parade, down on Kirby at NRG, and hopefully good things occur, you know. Um we aren't uh we are not big Texan supporters, but we will support D'Amico. Um who knows? Maybe we can earn our way maybe they can earn our way back. 
as fans. I think right out of the gate, I think right out of the gate, I just want to say that as a used to be Texans fan, I think the last time I was truly a fan was probably 2016, maybe 17 was when I truly watched every single game like on pins and needles as I do the Houston Rockets and Houston Astros. This is an absolute home run hire just from the way that I saw it from the standpoint of the fans. It's fan service, but also just incredible in terms of what the type of culture that D'Amico Ryans brings to the city of Houston. He's a legend in so many facets. Went with the Houston Texans on their very first run in the playoffs in 2011 and 2012. Ultimately had to get, had to end his career early because of an Achilles injury, which was very sad and very disappointing, but ultimately found the niche that works for him, and that is being a coach. And you're talking about a guy that's worked his way from the bottom up in terms of the totem poles of coaching. he's He didn't get in by name alone. This guy has done incredible things everywhere he's went. The defensive coordinator for the San Francisco, uh, Fran, Fran Francisco, San Francisco 49ers, and uh, the GM almost spilled We're his coat. We're not talking about uh, Francisco Garcia. No, Francisco Garcia, Justin's favorite player. But <laughs> it was just an incredible hire. The fact that what D'Amico Ryans brings to the table is absolutely different. And for the first time in seven years, I am going to tune in weekly to this team just Ooh, because weekly, 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 just because weekly, 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 weekly. we're talking weekly, weekly. We're not, we're not talking monthly. We're not talking no. daily. We're not talking uh, bicentennially, bicentennially. We're not talking about scrawny type of weekly. We're talking about viewing once a weekly, once a weekly, once a weekly. So I'm going to be tuning in just because of that. I even tweeted out. On my Twitter, follow me at Summit Commission, by the way. I tweeted out my first Texans retweet that I've probably tweeted in years, and I said, I'll be tuning in. And that's all there is to it. And I think as someone that is such a hater on Texans and the culture that they had provided, because that's exactly what I've been, that's exactly what the GM has been. The fact that you're just call it like I see it. Yeah, you call it like I see it, but I'm also hating. Like, I mean, fine, you're not a hater, I'm a hater. But I'll be tuning in. I think it's that big of a deal. I think at this juncture, of the Texans' tenure, they needed this. They needed this to stop from drowning. They've been drowning mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a long time. So this is to get them some breath, get them a breath of fresh air, get them to breathe above water for a little bit. And hopefully, D'Amico can swim us out of the shark waters and into the promised land, hopefully into the island of relevancy, which is the perfect transition for the next topic because myself and the GM did go to the Royal Rumble. And if you are living under the rock, ah, the rock, not living physically under the rock, the, rock. You, uh, the only person that lives under the rock is his wife. But Ho! the only person living under a rock, you wouldn't understand that the WWE has, ab- been, has been absolutely killing it in terms of the content that they have producing. And we had to hit up the Royal Rumble. It's one of the big four events in in WWE. It's the over-the-top 30-man battle battle royal between these 30 competitors, men and women. It took place in San Antonio. It was a, a stone's throw away, just a couple hours. Myself and the GM and three of our best friends, shout-out to Jay, Ray, and Chris, who went with us on this incredible journey uh, to get us to San Antonio. Shout-outs to Matt as well that joined us once we got there. Six bros going into the Alamo Dome. By the way, no shout out to the Alamodome whatsoever. It was just an absolute crap crap show. I, I just was not a fan of oh, it. Oh yeah. If we're gonna yeah. if we're gonna if we're gonna shoot 
on oh, the uh, yeah. if we're gonna shoot on the Alamo Dome, it is absolutely one of the absolute worst arenas that I've ever attended. Um, and it's it was undermanned, underemployed, understaffed. There's understaffed. There you go. We got in a club. Yes. No questions asked. There, no nobody was checking anything. And I mean, I'm not saying it's a that's a horrible thing. I mean that in the sense of like it just shows how horribly run it is. Um, I don't want to be rude to the city of San Antonio because San Antonio, the city, was very hospitable. Uh, oh, it was kind to us. Great yeah. food. Um, got to meet some wonderful people over there. But um, you <laughs> the know, wonderful capital uh, W. But you know, yeah. like overall, this the experience at the Alamo Dome was horrendous. And I don't want to expand on it because I don't want to. No, no, that shouldn't uh, be the I, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want us to have too much heat with the city of San Antonio. Aside from the fact we are Rockets fans, we don't cheer for the Spurs. So I'm just gonna say it for one time. Fuck San Antonio. Houston over San Antonio. But I want to take this opportunity to just highlight the show for what it is, the experiences that we had. I don't know how many of these listeners actually went to the Royal Rumble, or been to a WWE live event. It's nothing like you've ever seen before. It's something completely different. If you fully immerse yourself in the environment and the culture of what the wrestling is and understand it from the beginning to kind of like, or even not understand it from the beginning, just to come in and have a good time. I think in my opinion, anyone that had never watched wrestling at all can go to a WWE show and genuinely enjoy it. I think as long as you fully buy into it, or even if you don't fully buy into it, just kind of go Which in is and a have bummer. some fun. Yeah, and that's, you know, snooze you lose. But it's a lot of fun, man. And and we had such a blast. It was, you know, the 30-man battle royal. Uh, Cody Rhodes ultimately took the win here. The GM was in literal tears. Listen, was listen, you cried last I wasn't, time you I cried. Wasn't, I wasn't crying. You teared about the Rockets. I don't cry. After they lost, I mean, after we won game five in 2018. Okay, let, let me, let me, let me. And, and uh, hold the phone before you defend yourself. Hey, 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 who's got the mic first of all? Who's talking? Okay, I apologize. Who's I apologize. Talking? Apologize. apologize. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure because you, you sound a lot like Skip Bayless right now trying to cut me off. So, ooh. Wow. I'm wow. kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. But, wow. Wow. That's my line. But uh, I think you, well, you, well, my whole point, the whole joke was is that uh, you, last time you cried about the Houston Rockets was 2018 and you haven't shed a tear since. My man was feeling a little in his feelings when uh, Cody Rhodes won uh, the 30 man uh, Royal Rumble to ultimately punch his ticket to WrestleMania. The roads to WrestleMania truly begins on that night so i mean give your just your overall opinion on the 30-man battle royal oh man the royal rumble i enjoyed it for what it was uh there were a lot of people that probably expected or anticipated a surprise but that's not what was necessary no man the overall story that. that was told was what led it to the end cody rhodes winning it all and to clarify everything i wasn't emotional when he won Okay, I had two hot dogs and some mustard two and relish. Dogs, two hot dogs. And let me tell you, I accidentally scratched my eye a little bit. It, it burned. You know, that vinegar, those fumes. Those fumes. They hit hard, was, man. He, you know, he, he, they hit hard. He saw, he looked around, and he was like, who's cutting onions over here? I don't know who's cutting onions, but y'all need to, you need to fucking stop. All I'm saying is I'm I just need, to get emotional. I need everyone to understand that, hey, man, when mustard gets in the eye, that shit hurts, bro. I I'm just telling you, I'm oh. telling you, 
The truth. Well, that's why they invented mustard gas. The whole point was to exactly. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I, I was I was just sloppy. Oh, you're sloppy. Okay, all right. Well, that that seems like a you problem, not a me problem. But I want to shine a spotlight on this. Just, just man, we have spent the longest time away from the summit, and I truly apologize. Not really. This is our show. We do whatever the hell we want. But um, I do want to spotlight on the greatest. It is the greatest story that wrestling has ever told. The bloodline. Oh, my God. Okay. If I were to ever... If me and the GM were to ever start our own wrestling show, I mean, ever. I mean, I don't know if we'd ever do it. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if we'd ever do it. I don't know if I have the capability to do it. I don't know if I have the bandwidth to do it, but I'm just saying. I could devote a six-part episode. Like, you know you know what? How many how many parts did Last Dance have? Ten. It was ten. Ten parts. Ten I can do a ten-part doc on the bloodline alone, chronicling one per month. That would be very impressive. I could I literally say. do it. Okay. It's the greatest story ever told in wrestling history. Not not WWE, not AEW, not New Japan, not uh not your local town, not NWA, not uh South Paw Regional Wrestling, not you know any of these outside wrestling influences, not TNA, not Impact. It is the greatest story ever told in wrestling's history. I don't want to go into too much depth on it because man, if I do, I'm just going to skew out and this whole episode is going to turn into nothing rockets related. I just wanted to give it its flowers. I want to give Roman Reigns the flowers, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, the Usos. I want to give it to Solo Sokoa, Paul Heyman. All Oscars across the board. Give them all the Oscars, all the Emmy Awards, all the Tony Awards. Give it all to them now. Give it to Jay for Best Supporting Actor. Give it to Sami and Roman for uh, Co-Best Best Male Actors. You know... Give it to Kevin. Give it to Kevin Owens for being the best villain or villain in that storyline or hero. Give it to Paul Heyman for being the producer of the year. Like, these dudes just knocked it out of the ballpark week in and week out. And we finally got the big, giant payoff that made the entire stadium shake. The Alamo Dome was shaking, GM. Yeah, when that, that, was, that was quite the I unbelievable felt uh, feeling. Like, Mark yeah. Henry was on Busted Open, and he literally said it was the the equivalent of a runway, and you felt that pressure, and then you felt the, and then you felt uh, when that was a pressure and a vibrations, yeah. of a stadium with that's, loud that's, noise. That's a great metaphor, yeah. for uh, for that absolutely incredible experience. What was your overall vibe? Just kind of getting to see that firsthand, the Roman Reigns entrance. My God, um, dude, it was amazing. Like, um. We everyone is waiting with anticipation, and again, I want to apologize to everyone. I know that we're talking about wrestling and football before we talk about the basketball, but if you don't want to listen to it, uh, just fast forward. You, you you'll probably get to it eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually, but um, but um, fast forward to the uh, 20, 20 minute mark, maybe. Kenny, that just mark. means I'm you might have to, you might there. have to make a, a preface before the episode. <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna do it. Y'all are just gonna click on it. Y'all are just gonna click and download. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna say nothing. But, like, uh, a, like I said, that seems like a y'all problem. But um. Like, just the, if we can just talk about the overall storytelling and the emotions, everything that was tied into it, nothing gets you in wrestling more than long-term storytelling. And this uh, this storyline hit it absolutely out the ballpark, um, just like Kenny said. And it was, an, it was just an amazing feat. Shout out to the writers, the creative team. Uh, shout out to the guys that had to, you know, uh, put it out there for everyone to witness, and just all this investment and that payoff at the end when Sammy finally turned, stood up for himself, 
there, there's so many layers to peel in terms of just the overall story uh, with everyone, like with the bloodlines, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, everybody. It was just, there was just so much happening that it was an unbelievable thing to witness and an unbelievable thing to be a part of, especially as a member of the audience. And to be there physically and to see it happen and to feel that thunderous roar, like uh, Mark Henry had, had said, you know, it's just, it's kind of crazy to me, man. Overall, everything is just, it, it, I'm kind of like still a little overwhelmed by that event. I'm still feeling the, you know, the high of wrestling, the Royal Rumble, all of it. It was just an unbelievable experience. Shout out to the WWE. But yeah, man, um, overall, it was an unbelievable night. And the commission I had the time of our lives, man, to be completely transparent with everybody. Yeah, it was a blast. And once again, shout outs to Jay, Ray, and and Chris. My bros. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> just going uh, with us and, and just having a ball. And once again, man, shout outs to WWE. Just top notch production, the best wrestling company in the world. If you guys have not watched. Uh, wrestling, or I've gone attended a live event. I highly recommend it. Uh, take your family, even it's a really it's a great family event as well. Take your kids. Um, it's definitely not what the Attitude Era was, unfortunately for the older folks. But it was just such a it was such a blast. It was such a ball, and I, I just always have a good time at these WWE shows. And this one was no different. It didn't just meet expectations; it exceeded expectations. And definitely one of my uh, better experiences outside of being in the Alamo Dome. But I. I had so much fun, and, and shout-outs once again to our uh, some of our best friends that went with us, and shout-outs to the Bloodline, and to Cody Rhodes for winning the Royal Rumble, and for Rhea Ripley for winning the Women's Royal Rumble, just a home run uh, across the board, J- just absolutely amazing stuff, so once again, shout-outs and congratulations to each and every one of them. GM, let's go ahead and turn back around, you know, we stepped away long enough, I think it's time to be uh, the men in the arena, go ahead and step right back into the summit to discuss some Houston Rockets, you dun, like that? Dun, dun. I talked about like Matt Thomas, I gave it a little Matt Thomas, but the villain entrance, I go, and the Houston Rockets, like, you know, just yeah, kind of, there you go, kind of a little un- underwhelming, no, gotta go, gotta go underwhelming, because that's exactly what the Rockets have been, you, you gotta undersell, undersell, yeah, they gotta, we have to undersell, despite everything, the Rockets, Look, all things considered, I don't want to jump too much and repeat a whole lot of what we've talked about in past episodes. Uh, we're going to call a spade a spade here. The Rockets suck. They're not good. Organization organization is struggling right now from coaching and management. It's been, it's been a rough go. It's been a very rough year for this team. But on a very high note, on a great note, the Rockets won their second game of the week, like during the week. Wow, they won That's two games in less than a week. We. It's been incredible. They won. They won the first game on Monday, and then they ran and turned around and won the game on Saturday. And it was an incredible experience. We did not get to watch that. We got to kind of keep tabs on the game because we were at the Royal Rumble, so we didn't watch it from beginning to end, unfortunately. But the GM was able to catch highlights and was able to catch a little bit of the game. GM, we did a little something last episode, and uh, where we highlight a little bit of the, uh, a little bit of the game in a way. Like we put our own little synopsis, our own little twist. In this uh, lemon lime tea that we're working with here, are you are you, are you do you, you have something I, on the board for us? I prefer either uh, you know white claw teas or maybe truly teas, but God, I lame. am totally cool with a lemon tea. Oh, Kenny. it's a lemon tea with a little twist. There you go. You remember brisk? Do you remember I do brisk? remember brisk. I remember those commercials with uh, Rocky Balboa the on there. Bruce yes. Lee? Oh yeah, yes, absolutely. That was, that was quite the uh, quite the experience uh, growing up being able to see those. Absolutely. 
Okay, are you re- are you ready? Because I'm about to hit. I'm about to cue the music. Yes, cue, to- cue the music. Hit it, DJ. Spin that shit. So the Rockets went to the Motor City and played the Pistons Saturday night. No Jalen Green, no LP, no KPJ, and no Coach Silas. None of them, no problem for our Houston Rockets as they won 117-114. Crazy! We got contributions all around, but Eric Gordon decided to go old school and led the way with 24 points, going 8 from 17 from the field. We got double-doubles from our boys, KJ Martin and Tari Eason. Are they the new banger bros? Because I'm going to have to apologize to Seamus and Drew McIntyre here. I'm sorry, guys. KJ Martin and Tari Eason are here to stay. Big games off the bench for Jayshon Tate and the man that ever Everyone wants on the floor, Josh Christopher, as they combined for a Kobe S24 as well. Detroit couldn't see what hit him. And you know what? John Lucas goes 2-0 as the head coach for your Houston Rockets. What can you say, man? That was a great game. A great, great game. Happy for John Lucas. My man's undefeated at the helm. What you got to say about that, Kenny? I'm shocked. Well, first of all, you said banger bros. Well, and they got I double doubles. lost it. I lost it I, I i was jamming i was vibing the 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 it was great the setup was great the words were very eloquently said and then banger bros and i lost it i popped you popped you made me pop i popped i got a pop popped. you got i got a pop, I got a pop man you, i sell better than you you don't sell anything i do like he's a yeah, no sell guy i'm, I, I'm not I, I don't i don't sell he's a and no he's a no sell guy he's, he's like brock lesnar goldberg in uh, the wcw days but the game was the game was good. It was a good game. I think they needed it in terms of what, like, the players that were out. There was no, you know, no Jalen Green, mm-hmm. no KPJ for a while, from what I hear. And no LP as well. I know LP as well. We're not getting Kevin Porter back for a while. He hasn't even started any basketball activity. So it seemed like they're gonna finally take it a little slow with Kevin Porter because that's the thing that kind of happens in the past is that. He tries to ramp up a little too early, and then he gets hurt again, and then he gets backed up again for a little while. Yeah. I, I'm good with him being out for this length. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, it teaches these guys to kind of like how they can play better. And then ultimately, look what happened. They fought. They clawed. K.J. Martin had an incredible sequence where he laid it in, got the and one, uh, missed the free throw, got the rebound, laid it in for the lead. Like, they, they fight. Like, they fought. It was a great game because, like I said, and I said this last episode— the team has very little margin for error. Where they can win is in two realms. That is in the athleticism department and the out-hustle department. And they finally were able to put it together in this type of game going into the Motor City and pretty much stealing away a win from Detroit because I was fully expecting them to take a loss there. Like they were not. I did yeah, not yeah, absolutely. Win. Uh, they were. Yeah, it was. It was. I thought they were going to get a rough go, but look, they we got all anticipated done. a tank job by the Rockets, but it was actually reverse tank. It was by the Motor City Pistons that actually decided to tank on the Houston Rockets. But I mean, you know, shout out to the guys. Just a shout out to Eric Gordon for leading the way. I mean, you know, like everyone's gone. The guy decided to step it up. Uh, he shot well. But he shot one of eight from three, but it wasn't even needed. Um, you know, John Lucas sat KJ Martin in the first quarter, uh, apparently for hustle issues. And look at the way KJ Martin came back. And he played very well and very hard in the second half. Came back and showed why he should be the guy while he was playing, you know. And, you know, shout out to the guys for stepping up with Jalen and LP out. 
I think it's a big deal in terms of confidence, especially for someone like a guy like Josh Christopher, who is still trying to find his way back into the rotation. But the point of that is to play well enough to where you can you can't um, what is it you can't have them say no, and they got to play you, you know. So I, I respect that a lot. I'm really happy with that. Um, but overall, it's kind of crazy that we got the win. Um, again, man, shout out to John Lucas. John Lucas did a great job in terms of the way he coached the team, and I thought it was just um, some unbelievable stuff. Happy for them, you know. We were checking on it a little bit as time went on during the Royal Rumble. Uh, it was very, very, very uh, fun time, but hey, man, good for the Rockets. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, they absolutely needed that win, and I don't want to harp in too much on it because it's a win. Uh, it was a great win. It was a fun win, but at the end of the day, you know, a win's a win, but the team still isn't necessarily where you want it to be so you know ultimately it kind of lays out that question of you know where this team where this team is going to go after getting that win so it leads perfectly into our next segment and the main meat and potatoes of this episode as per the title suggests that is the rumor mill the hot stove it's starting to get a little warm up in here it's starting to get hot i think it's ready i think the hot stove is ready to put something on the grill and start cooking because it seems to be headed in that direction look we got the we have the trade deadline that's on february 9th so it's a little like a little two over weeks, a week yeah two weeks not, not even a little over a week so that's like now. what next thursday yeah absolutely and the rockets are 12 and 38 50 games into the season, 32 games remaining for the rest of the season. So we not we now have less games coming out of the back end of the season now. The Rockets are clearly looking to be more sellers than buyers. There's a lot on the market and there's a lot on the market in terms of what the Rockets are going to try to do in terms of draft picks that they're going to receive. Maybe some that they may give away. GM, the rumor mill is just spilling out right now. It's Kelly really I- rampant. Kelly Iko, one in particular, Kelly Iko is pointing out that the Rockets are looking at a John Collins, and I do want to talk about that, of the Atlanta Hawks. I'm a big fan of John Collins. I like his game. I like what he can bring to the table for this Rockets team. Lengthy, lengthy uh, player, can play the four, can play the five, six, eleven. Can lob it over the top, can hit a jumper, has a little bit of handles on the board. I mean, he's a guy that I think if he comes in, he'll fit in seamlessly with the team. Obviously, it, it creates the ultimate dream for me, and that is to slide Jabari at the three. I really believe that if the Rockets want to deem themselves uh, successfully as a defensive lineup, if you're going to commit to LP at the five, now this is going to be Sans, um, Sans Wembenyama not having a Wemby on the court. Um, I truly believe you need Jabari at the three, so that way you can create more length, more protection on the back end for an LP, so that way if a switch needs to be made or if something needs to happen and then LP has to recover on the back end, you have a John Collins or a Jabari Smith Jr. kind of backing you up on those in those wing areas. That's why I, I, think, I think he should go. Uh, he's averaging only 13.5 points per game, 51% from the field. He's only averaging 26% from three, 7.7 rebounds, but... What do you think about the John Collins idea, and what would it take for Stone to pull the trigger, or what would the asking price mm-hmm. be, in your opinion, for John Collins to come to Houston? Wasn't like the rumored deal having to do with like Eric Gordon, KJ Martin, Tariq Eason, and maybe a pick or something of that sort? Um, I think that might be too much for John Collins, to be honest. But um, to me, like I'm open to getting him. It just all depends on the price. Um, if you truly believe that he comes in here and helps this team become better, 
each and every day, then I feel like that that's something that a move that Stone would have to make. Um, to me, it's just I'm just not too sure. I'm not completely sold on John Collins. Um, I mean, however, there are a ton of issues happening in Atlanta. So I mean, a that, ton, a ton of issues. Young. Yeah, and I mean, he's he, apparently Trey Young might be the root of the problem, and that might be something in terms of what is leading to the issues of why certain players are underperforming in the, you know, on the team in Atlanta. It, it it's 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 some crazy stuff, and I mean, it. I don't know if it essentially works in terms of going from one situation that's not very good to another situation. To be fair, in Houston is not very good either. Um, it's just a matter of seeing where John Collins is head at and see if what he brings to the table can mesh with what the Rockets are trying to accomplish here as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is certainly someone that can certainly help this team, uh, but it just all varies. Yeah, you know? and not um, a, lot, a whole lot of smoke. It's no, just really like yeah, I mean, Kelly Eichel brought it up. Yeah, we, we're not too sure. I mean, we've seen multiple reports in terms of Rockets checking in with or checking in on John Collins with with the Hawks, uh, but sometimes sometimes they're just blowing up smoke. This is a smoke screen in terms of trying to possibly up his value. Uh, you never know. It can be looked at similar as like what the Jay Crowder and like Grayson Allen to Houston deal. That was certainly a possibility that fell apart. But we don't know, man. I mean, we have a little bit over a week away. Uh, hopefully until Eric Gordon might not be here in Houston anymore. And I don't even want to hate on the guy anymore. I just feel horrible for him in terms of, you know, playing for this team, unfortunately. And hopefully he can go somewhere where he can be used on a team that is trying to make the playoffs or make a championship run, you know. I think he deserves yeah. to be there because I think that if he were put into a situation like that, he can certainly accomplish and help a team. Um, but right now, you know, he's just – doing as he's told he's a good soldier he's doing what he's supposed to do for this team in terms of um production i mean he could be playing a bit better if you looked at that graph that uh brad posted in terms of defense like eric I mean, gordon I, but can you be you know, shocked really yeah, exactly turn exactly, it on when exactly, he goes to a exactly that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like it's just more so buy that stock it's an much. effort thing um but who knows man because we've seen him perform well with a lot of effort and then now it's just more so kind of like half-assed, which I'm, I don't blame him. I mean, it's hard to be completely motivated for a team like this. So yeah, I, I don't it, blame him. It's it's a rough go in terms of Eric Gordon and finding his way uh, around the around this Houston Rockets team with all the ebbs and flows and kind of navigating through this rebuilding waters. You, you'd pray that this would be the last time. And every year we've been talking since the rebuilding Rockets, we've talked about it constantly. Is Eric Gordon getting traded? <sighs> Mr. Stone, if you are listening, please, for the love of God, let this be the last year. Let this be the last year, unless this is the greatest pipe dream of all time and you already have an agreement in place where James Harden is going to come back and one of his few inquiries is that he wants Eric Gordon to stay. That is the only way I'll allow him staying. Otherwise, you just got to let this guy go. They already they have not gone down on their asking price according uh, to Kelly Iko and Jonathan Fagan. They do not. Which is ridiculous. They have not uh, yielded from it in terms of getting a first round pick or a decent first round pick. I don't even know if they can get a first round pick in terms of you know. I guess it just depends on the the team, the makeup of the team, and what type of first rounds that that team has available on hand. We don't know. 
you know, if the Milwaukee Bucks, the Phoenix Suns, the Philadelphia uh, Phillies, like no, no, sorry, Philadelphia 76ers, ha! Huh? Shoutouts to the the second place uh, MLB team, but we don't know what these other teams are going to provide in terms of what they're willing to give up and how bad they're willing to give it up for an Eric Gordon. I thought the height the height of trading Eric Gordon was last year. When teams like Phoenix were really competing and they really needed it, and look at them now, they they might even blow it up. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I know, so I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in terms of an Eric Gordon getting traded, but I know he needs to go. He should go because one, he deserves it. Two, he's done his duty. And three, Rockets just got to cut the cord, man. Like, you're gonna be, you're gonna swallow the pill of a twenty plus million dollar. Uh, well, you don't have to do it, but he's gonna be commanding twenty plus million next year. There's so many ideas, so many ways that you can work around it, and that is the challenge that is on Raphael Stone's plate right now. You know, he's a good GM, a decent GM, but this is kind of where we kind of get to see, you know, can, can he make it work? Is this is it possible? Can he make this work? Can he get what he wants as well as kind of service Eric Gordon to get to where Eric Gordon wants to go, and that's ultimately play playing for a winning team, and we'll see what happens there. GM, is there any other players that you're hearing that's kind of like on the rumor mill, or even like a player that you may have heard that is kind of available on this open market right now because the hot stove's starting to heat up. You know, we're getting a little over a week away. Trade rumors are flying everywhere. Miles Turner's officially off the board, by the way. Uh, we just want to make that announcement. He's definitely not going to get traded. Just signed an extension, essentially for only two years. But um, he's essentially off the board. He's off the board for free agency next year. So we can immediately get our hopes and dreams of Miles Turner wiped and washed away. Just like every other Rockets dreams we've ever had in our entire life. Outside of the championships. GM, anything that you've heard? Anything that uh, that has piqued your interest at all whatsoever in regards to uh, who we're bringing into the team or who we can give away? Oh, man. I mean, one player that has intrigued a lot of teams, that has a lot of interest in terms of what a certain player brings to the table is OG and Anobi for the Toronto Raptors. It sounds like they're wanting at least like two or three firsts for him, probably three. They turned down three firsts. I mean, but that's because they want an actual player with him that can actually... um, you know, oh, that man, could replace the Raptors, similar... man. Three firsts. Woo, you're so, building man, your future. OG Ananobi's 25 years old. He shoots. He shot 38% from three for the last, what, four years. Uh, he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the game today. Um, premier perimeter defender. So, I mean, a, a player like that in terms of the skill set is very, very valuable in today's NBA. And that I can see possibly... Um, they might have to bring their price down if they can get a quality player and some young pieces as well. That is certainly something that the Rockets might look into. Uh, Raphael Stone. I mean, if you want, if you pair a perimeter defender who can shoot the ball uh, and shoot it relatively well, that's a good piece to add along the lines of the Kevin Porter Jr., LP, and Jalen Green. You know, in terms of production, um, that gives you one really good shooter who can also defend and lead in that sense. That's a big deal. That's something that this team sorely needs and is sorely missing. Okay, um, can we even get a OG and an Oh OG? man, I mean viable? that's whole that's whole other that's a whole other But I'm just uh, saying level. like but I mean, if we step I into the hyper might. hypothetical time chamber, ha shouts the hyperbolic time chamber. If we type step into the hypothetical time chamber, what what would it take? To get an OG Ananobi uh, in a rocket uniform, man, it it's going to be multiple firsts straight up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which multiple we have, firsts. we have a ton of firsts. We have a ton of firsts um, from the Brooklyn. You know, it would probably take in terms of like someone like a big piece like KJ Martin, Tari Eason. Probably Tari Eason would certainly be um, on this 
would be on that radar as well. Uh, maybe a big pick. Who knows, man? I'm not sure. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, possibly. Um, there's a lot of pieces that can come and go in terms of that. Um, I don't know what Toronto values in terms because, I mean, Nick Nurse might be gone. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, wow, I mean, we're hearing that. That's something. Oh, that man, the Rockets better Toronto keep has their... been underperforming. Fred Rockets, Van Vliet yeah. could possibly be gone. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of noise on that team yeah, in terms of negative well. pub. So, I mean, do they want to sell off? Possibly. Um, but, you know, who knows, man? I feel like he's a guy that could certainly help. And, uh, uh, another pieces that probably being sold right now, the only thing about the Rockets is that is, as sellers, it's becoming a, a buyer's market because a lot of teams are selling like the Jazz. Their whole roster is up uh, up for trade. And there's a lot of good players on that roster as well, which teams might value over what the Rockets have, yeah, like which might bring down the value essentially yeah. for our young guys. Uh, Eric Gordon as well. You know, um, the only thing is like if a team really values his three point shot and if somehow Stone relinquishes the fact that he might not get a first for him is something that he'll have to look into in terms of, excuse me, internally. Can I tell you who I want? Can I tell you who I want from the Utah Jazz? Tell me. I want Jared Vanderbilt. I want Jared Vanderbilt. Apparently, Ex- Explain, explain. Well, first of all, the, yeah. the, well, the asking price is one first round pick. Which ain't I'll, bad. Ain't bad. I'll give. Away, I'll happily give away. We a give away like the Milwaukee pick. Yeah. In this. Year's or, or I'll give. Yeah. Or I'll give a Brooklyn. I'll give one of the Brooklyn picks. Like they're not. KD looks like he's not going anywhere. So, True. I mean, you give him what twenty twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. Because all, all it takes apparently is a one first round pick, and I'll tell you why. Jared Vanderbilt is easily one of the top perimeter defenders. One of the one of the top defenders that is out there on the plus minus category. He has a great defensive rating. He. <clears throat> Basically gives you a good three, three, four wing, you know, defender type play. Has a decent handle on the ball. He has decent athleticism. He he ball hawks, which is which makes me really like excited to think about because we don't really have a lot of ball hawks on this team. And Jared Vanderbilt's he's kinda he's got kind of like a dog mentality to him, and that's what I really like about his game. And I think he would pair really well with a Jabari Smith. Once again, my dream is to push Jabari Smith at the three. As of right now, GM, we don't have a true three. There is no true three that is starting. If you get Jared Vanderbilt at 6'9", he essentially is going to start. He'll be your starter right out of the gate. Yeah. And I like it because, and on top of that, GM, he's been in the league for five years. He's only 23, but he's pretty much a vet. He's been here since the 2018 season. So he's been in the league for a minute now. Mm-hmm. And he understands the ebbs and flows of the game. He's pretty much a veteran. That is still on the come up. That's only 23 years old. That's averaging eight points a game. That's averaging eight. He's averaging eight and eight. Which ain't bad. That's not, not bad horrible. at all. Um, you well, it's not bad at all. Well, it's considering that you're on a team like that. He's not asked to score. He's not meant to score. And that, on this team, he's not going to be meant to score either. But I do want to start building a team of dogs. And, oh, man, silly me. Build some type of defense. Touche. That's, that's, I want that's, Jared Vanderbilt on the Rockets. I think Jared Vanderbilt's a great start. And if the asking price is, a, what, a first-round pick? If you feel like you can get a first-round pick for Eric Gordon, get the first-round pick for Eric Gordon or whoever mm-hmm. and get Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. You don't lose anything. You essentially trade Jared Vanderbilt for Eric Gordon. True. I and, mean, I, and I'm happy with that. I just think overall that this— I want Derrick Rose, though. That's my <laughs> bottom line. I still want Derrick Rose. I don't think we're going to get him, but I want Derrick Rose. 
I just think overall that this is a big trade deadline for Stone. We say this and, every year, but yeah. this really is. No, this like, is this like is, we're not kidding, y'all. This is a huge year. Yeah, and I think that because of that, there's a lot riding on it, man, in terms of what is brought to the table. This team needs a lot of help and needs a lot of. Man, it's just it's just really hard to put it all into words in terms of what this team needs. There's a lot of things that this team needs, man. Leadership, yeah. uh, veteran leadership that not doesn't just lead on the floor by example, but a true professional and true to the word. Um, we need a culture in terms of defense. That's why you know you and I brought up I brought up the pipe dream. You brought up someone more realistic in terms of starting that culture in terms of a team that is full of dogs and defends well you talking pipe dream fuck it give me desmond bain give me desmond bain that's a true on the uh, rock that's a true uh pipe dream that's i will a, i will trade anybody for a desmond bain i know you would anybody i know you would anybody i know you love desmond outside bain. of jabari and i mean I everybody's would, on the board for desmond shout bain. out uh, to JJ Reddick's podcast, Desmond Bain on that podcast was a very good guest, and I enjoyed him. He's, he's very he's very well spoken. Uh, he reps for his team, man. That's and my boy, man. That's he Marcus doesn't Stokes. talk that stupid shit like John Morant. Jeez, he's just and a professional. Dylan Brooks, he's just a professional. I think he's a great balance for that team. Oh very my, but um, Desmond you know, Bain. like just overall, this team, man. Like, there's just so much that needs to be done and it all starts from the top man and adjustments need to ha- need to happen um who knows though um we like you said we're nine days away and anything can happen in those nine days and stone has to dig deep here and figure out what he can get and, and who they're gonna get and what his price will be and if it's gonna be if it's gonna stay the same yeah you know? i think right now what we're ter- what we're seeing and we're not even thinking about draft picks that can be given to us as compensation. And it begs the question, like, KJ Martin's another one that's kind of been swirling around the market. Ultimately, I don't think he I don't think he gets dealt at the deadline. People even argue that KJ Martin, people don't want John Collins because they feel like KJ Martin can give you similar to what John Collins gives you in value. But I guess it ultimately is the attest. It's a testament to, I guess, how he operates and how people love KJ Martin. But do you see is KJ Martin going to be traded by the deadline? Is there a chance? Is there a feasible opportunity that he could get dealt? There's always a chance. Uh, it depends on how other teams value him. Um, and, you know, like, it, like we said, he requested a trade at the beginning of the year. So there's still that, that, there's still still that the possibility. But I wonder if that request um, is still on the table. Do I see it happening? No, I, I, I really don't. But, you know, like anything can happen, like we said. I don't want him traded personally. I think he's a great fit, but if you can exchange value in terms of bringing something else in, like a piece for the four or a point guard that can really change the dynamic of this team long term and short term, then yeah, go for it. You know, um, if that's just what you value. But at the end of the day, it's not just up to Stone; it's also up to Silas to making sure that you know what happens on the floor is a well-oiled machine, and. There's a lot of moving parts there, and unfortunately, because of that, we don't know what to expect. And at the end of the day, it's just up. It's up to the team. So yeah, I mean, we we really do want to see Stone make something occur for this team, and that's exactly what needs to be done. Um, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what ends up happening. 
guys, we're telling you all right now, as we ramp up getting into the trade deadline especially, it's going to be a very big one for the Houston Rockets as well as Raphael Stone and the rest of the organization. We're going to keep you tapped in and tuned in for every rumor that's going to be happening. So we're going to be sprinkling in a lot of the like rumor deadline talks just because as days go by, as we get closer to the February 9th date, um, rumors are going to start heating up. Players are going to get start heating up. And we're going to start discussing it and figuring out like what's going to be happening as time rolls on. And soon enough, I'm telling you all right now, I fully do expect from what I'm hearing and from what we're seeing that Eric Gordon should be traded by the deadline. That the piece to get Eric Gordon out of Houston is the biggest chance to happen this year. And from what we're hearing, the best chance for it to happen is going to be this year. So I'm going to go ahead and sell on that idea. I predict that Eric Gordon is gone by the deadline. That Eric Gordon's tenure as a Houston Rocket is finally coming to an end. One year short of matching James Harden's uh, tenure as a Rocket. Eight years. Unbelievable. So, I'm going to end it on this question, GM. Circled around in Eric Gordon, a guy that's been on our team since the beginning. Are you selling on the idea that he is going to get traded? Or are you going to no-sell this one and think that he's going to stand pat? Um, I'm going to no-sell on it. I think he's going to stand pat because I don't think that Stone will get um, his desired return in terms of Eric Gordon. And... My man is just a tad bit stubborn when it turns to the market, and the guy wants what he wants. If he's not, he doesn't get what he wants, then he won't worry about it. Uh, so, yeah, I just I don't see it, and I think Stone is gonna stick to his guns. You I'd know, like just, to be wrong, but yeah. I, I just I, I see it that way. Well, you you can just be honest with the people. Just say you want James Harden back. It's fine. Just say it. Um, no, definitely do not say it because that, that's James gonna be Harden the key back. here. If, if Gordon stays, then. And pretty much, it, that's the ticket that punches itself. You might as well call James Harden a rocket. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm good. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah! No Harden for me. Wrong! Oh, no. Dang, I ran into that one. That's a, that's, a, that's a door, and I walked right into it. There you go. So, like I said earlier, we're going you know, to keep you tapped. We're going to keep you uh, tabbed in into everything that's happening in terms of the deadline. It's going to be coming up yeah, very, I mean, we'll very soon. Yeah, we'll definitely have to record yeah. an episode post-deadline, probably that night. You know? Oh, definitely gonna happen that night. It definitely happens that night. We we are always anything anything major that happens with the Houston Rockets. We're always are gonna be one of the first shows that gives uh, the audiences the topic of conversation. We're always one of the first ones on it. We take pride in doing that. And there will I can guarantee you there will be an episode post deadline the day of. Guarantee it. So GM, let's get ready to go home here. It feels so good to be back at the summit after spending a week away. We're so happy to just be back, yeah, getting to kind of just talk to everybody again about kind of our experiences for the week. Kind of actually step out of the summit for a minute, which was actually really cool. It's definitely a little different. We don't do this every episode or really any episode, really. But we just kind of wanted to spotlight, you know, different things that kind of went on either within the city, like the Houston Texans, and great experiences that happened this past weekend, like the record-breaking Royal Rumble. And uh, it was a great experience overall. And uh, I'm just happy, once again, as we close the book on episode 148, as they're giving us the go-home cue here. GM, any last words to say before we go home? Um, man, you know, the Rockets play tomorrow. Um, I don't even remember who we're playing. I think we're playing OKC. Um, yep. Maybe we, we, we go streaking and we get another dub oh, tomorrow. Oh, you're just waiting for that so you can get that article out. I, I want to go streaking. He wants to go streaking. Um, I want to go streaking, man. Just say he um, wants to run around naked. That's no, not essentially. He wants to run around in his birthday suit. But, you know, I, I do want to go streaking. I want the Rockets to win. And 
with the game happening tomorrow night, we'll see what happens. Kenny, do you have a prediction for tomorrow night in terms of score? Uh, in terms of score, yes, I do. The Houston Rockets will go streaking. They will win. I've I, I've been positive out of the gate from this season. Uh, the dream of of being 500 is 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 not so alive anymore. But in the dream of making the playoffs or the play in has completely uh, shattered and died, like my heart. And uh, ultimately, the Houston Rockets though will continue their winning ways. I predict a win streak. We shall shall go streaking. The Houston Rockets will take this win. Uh, 123 to 115 will be my final score prediction. Obviously, we're gonna give up a lot of points on the defensive end. But the Rockets at home in Toyota against the Thunder, we seem to be their daddies. We always seem to perform well against them. So I don't expect that to change this game either. So I fully expect them to actually get a win. Uh, the chances there, I guess, depends on if Alperin Shangun's going to be available as well. Yeah. He should be available as far as I know. But, I mean, we'll see as the lineups kind of happen tomorrow. Everything seems to be kind of just up in the air, man, in terms of who's going to be available, who's not available. But ultimately, it doesn't matter who's available, who's not available. My score stands. 123 to 115, Houston Rockets win two in a row, and they go streaking. What about you? Uh, my prediction is 114-110. Alp gets another double-double. If he plays, I believe he does. I'm not sure. He Depends should. on how his back stiffness. I do think that Jalen Green will play Wednesday. Um, but yeah, who knows, man. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, w- I want us to get a win. Uh, just for the confidence of the team going into the deadline. Uh, but yeah, 114-110, Rockets get the victory. We officially go streaking, and we bowed it. We bowed it, bowed it. Damn, we bowed it, bowed it. Let's get ready to go home here, GM. Great predictions, as always. Uh, give everybody uh, what they need to hear as our producer gives us the go-home cue. Go on. Uh, well, make sure to follow me on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Make sure to follow the podcast twitter and tiktok at summit s-o-m-p-o-d and follow us on instagram at summit state of mind underscore p-o-d and make sure to follow the fam the group our 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 people man at apollo nba and at apollo h-o-u nice good stuff you can give me a follow as well at Summit Commission. Once again, shout-outs to the Apollo Podcast Network. Shout-outs to the Apollo Texans group. Give a Off shout the gridiron. Off the gridiron. Give a shout-out to the boys one time. Noah and Lil Bro Taylor, they are absolutely, they must be on cloud nine right now as D'Amico Ryans uh, puts on that headset and becomes the Houston Texans head coach. So give them a follow for all your Texans content. They're freaking killing it right now. I'm sure they're going to be uh, producing another episode as we get closer to it, especially as we get closer to the draft and the new hire. Pretty sure we're going to get a new episode pre- very, very soon. Shout-outs to Beyond the Diamond, the crown jewel of Houston Astros podcast. That's Brian LaLima. That's Dez. You know, just dudes being dudes, doing big things for this Houston Astros community. And once again, shout-outs to the One Take podcast, to Dex, to Roy Ogletree, just con- continually just killing it in terms of content for you know they just did reviewed that last episode of the last of us so anything that is pop culture related movies tv shows songs musicians books they get you covered on all of those facets so once again shout out to the apollo podcast network that continues to crush 
and kill each and every episode that they continue to go on as we are a part of this amazing community of uh, content creators and we're so proud to be a part of it. So once again, uh, as we go home here for myself and the GM, we're so uh, thankful for each and every one of you that continue to tune in for us. Continue to tune in as we move forward for this Houston Rockets, as we continue to move forward towards the deadline, the the big deadline, and we'll see what happens there. So let's get ready to end this episode as we end every episode for myself and the GM. Go Apollo, go Summit, and once again, go Rockets. The Summit for, 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 for life.